Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This segment we're going to dedicate to a guy who's been watching football that mattered. Players who cared their professional lives kind of depend on it over the last week and change. First out on the West Coast in the NFL uh, PA uh, All-Star Game. And then this week in uh, Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. Yes, football players trying much better than the Pro Bowl. Our buddy, pal, and amigo Rick Saratella from NFL Draft Bible Podcast on SportsIllustrated.com joins me here on CBS Sports Radio. Have you taken a deep breath from all that you've consumed over the last two weeks, buddy? I, I hey Jody, I tried to, but the exhilarating Pro Bowl uh, was on today. So. <laughs> 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 you know, oh yeah, my god! Pop it on, but you know, people—they dish it all they want, but you know, the ratings actually do very well. Oh yeah, it'll be the highest-rated show of the weekend, which will just annoy the snot out of me. But uh, no, I'll I'll put that aside for a couple of minutes. I want to talk to you about football that mattered. First things first. Uh, I haven't had a chance to talk to you since you were part of the NFL PA All-Star Game out on the West Coast. No, it's the uh, guys who didn't originally get, and I'm sure you have a couple of success stories there, invites to the Senior Bowl, but some guys who go out and play with you and then get that last-minute invite to the uh, Senior Bowl, and guys who open up eyes, the amount of scouts that you had in the house for your All-Star game. How'd it go out in Cali last week? Yeah, no, it was a really, really great event. Uh, our 10th annual NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, which, uh, you know, was was a nice touch to it. And I saw you have Wade Phillips coming on later on. He was one of the defensive coordinators hanging out with Jeff Fisher. We had Marvin Lewis as one of the head coaches. So uh, these, these players really left as a better prospect because of the coaching and, the, and guys like Jackie Slater, guys like Rod Woodson really getting hands-on and working with these guys. I mean, Jackie Slater is about as an intense coach as you will see out there. And so a guy like Jalen McKenzie out of USC, uh, he was actually working with uh, Coach Eugene Chung, 
he was really improved by the end of the week. And, and you talk about the lineage. His, his father is Reggie McKenzie, uh, an uh, executive with the Miami Dolphins. His uncle is Raleigh McKenzie, one of the hogs with the Washington football team, a, a scout with our department. And so Jalen McKenzie gets called up to the East-West Shrine Bowl, uh, has himself a week there. In fact, we had nine players called up to the Senior Bowl or the Shrine Bowl. And I would say, you know, Sam Williams out of Ole Miss and Gregory Jr. out of Ochita Baptist <laughs> down in Arkansas, two guys that dominated the week at the NFL PA Bowl, got the call up to the Senior Bowl, went up there, proved they belong. I, I, I got to mention Eric Johnson, Northwest Missouri State, a defensive tackle. Nobody knew who the heck he was. All the scouts were saying, hey, this kid's got to be at the Senior Bowl. He goes to the Senior Bowl. He dominates. And that's what the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl is all about. Well, congratulations on you and all the guys that you worked with last week to make it a success. But you got to be honest with me. You didn't know where Ochita Baptist was. You had to look it up and or be told. You had no idea where Ochita Baptist was. (laughs) You know, I came across his agent on the field. I said, how the heck did you find this one? And the CEO of his sports agency was from Arkansas. And got okay. got an inside scoop. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that is, those are the kind of great stories you get for the stuff that you do. All right. So you had your All Star game. Your guys stood out. Nine of them got bumped up to a next week All Star game, including the Senior Bowl. And then uh, you headed down to uh, Mobile. Granted, there are two levels. Yours is kind of a showcase for guys to step up, and the Senior Bowl is a showcase for guys to actually move up in the draft. The senior bowl gets most of the guys who show up there, get their name called out on draft day, anywhere from the first to the seventh round. Uh, what what was the level? What did you see as the difference between your all-star game and then the one that's been around longer, more recognized in the senior bowl? Yeah, I mean, I think you're, you've got a lot of history, a lot of tradition. So the, the, the bigger name players are going to be there. You're going to see first round picks involved. You're going to see, Probably out of the 120 players there, uh, at least 100 of them are probably getting drafted. And so, you know, I mean, it's it's a, it's a pecking order, and the Senior Bowl has been around. The East-West Shrine Bowl obviously has a lot of history, and uh, what you see is a lot of good quarterbacks, Jody. <laughs> in, a, in a weak quarterback class, I mean, anyone who was anyone outside of Matt Corral, because he did not graduate uh, in time to, to be a part of the Senior Bowl, but every – quarterback in the first round consideration is down there and I think we finally start to see some separation uh with Kenny Pickett kind of taking taking the grapple there of being QB1 and I think Malik Willis now is the, the clear QB2. All right let me ask you about Willis because I watched uh, the whole senior ball and when he runs the football yes he's bigger and a little different, but it makes you think of Lamar Jackson because he's an absolute weapon. He's not just a guy taking advantage of open spaces in the field. He can make moves on people and or drive through people. Uh, His running very much impressed me. His throwing didn't. Did it during the weekend practice? I'm a little surprised you've got him as QB2. What was it that he did senior ball week that tells you only Pickett would be ahead of him in your ranking? You know, I think it's a combination of things. I think, one, you mentioned uh, the agility and the ability to buy time in the pocket and and run when he needs to, and that's a big deal in today's NFL. If you look around the league where the offenses are trending, you got to have a quarterback who can move. Malik Willis can do that. In fact, he almost hit 21 miles per hour, Judy, which outside of Kyler Murray – 
Uh, no quarterback even sniffed that this past season. So he's got wheels. He's a bigger version of Kyler Murray. I think the consistency is an issue. I think there are some throws that are off the mark. However, when you talk about Wednesday's practice in the rain, which, oh, by the way, Kenny Pickett refused to get his hands measured down in Mobile, had a terrible day in the rain. Malik Willis had his best day in the rain. And so I think that, you know, when you factor in that, when you factor in the strong arm, the quick release, the high energy, the humble personality behind closed doors, a very coachable player in in terms of what the teams are saying, I think it's all there. Now, I don't love the size. I think it was six foot and three-eighths inches. However, I do think at the end of the day, from start to finish, Malik Willis, outside of Kenny Pickett, had the best body of work. Very nice. So, buddy, Rick Saratel from NFL Draft Bible, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right. Uh, again, I'm doing my own little scouting from my couch, and I am uh, a victim to whatever they show you on television. You were there, got a hands-on view. Um, I wasn't wowed by any of the wide receivers either. Now, I know a whole bunch of the wide receivers are going to get their names called in the first round of the draft are underclassmen, therefore they're not at the senior bowl. But did you think it was a good senior class of wide receivers there? You know, I don't think you're going to see the high-profile guys come off the board rounds one or round two, but uh, there were a handful of playmakers. I mean, Khalil Shakir from Boise State is a guy that I really like. I, You know, he caught my attention during the season. He played outside. He played inside at Boise. I think he's going to be a slot receiver at the next level. He might run sub-4-4 four, four range, but he really stepped up in the one-on-ones. The cream always rises to the top in the one-on-ones, and I think Khalil Shakir from Boise State, probably the most uh, impressive wide receiver out there. Alec Pierce from Cincinnati, I know, was down there. Christian Watson from North Dakota State are two guys who come off the board early, but when you talk about – First and second round, it's probably going to be reserved for those underclassmen guys, guys like yep. Traylon Burks from Arkansas, guys like Drake London from USC, Jamison Williams from Alabama, the Ohio State guys. Agreed. Uh, the best of the wide receivers are guys who aren't going to show up at the Pro Bowl, but one more, and yeah, I'm checking off all the uh, offensive weapon positions first. I was impressed with some of the tight ends both in their ability to block and catch the ball and make plays when they catch it and turn around and take it up the field. I thought it was a good wide receiver group there this week. Did you see it the same way? Yeah, a guy from uh, Colorado State, Trey McBride, he made himself some money. We know he came in. We knew he was a pass catcher. We we saw some inline blocking out of him that I thought helped boost his draft stock. And then, you know, Greg Dulcich from UCLA, uh, you talk about a real moneymaker. This was a guy that, you know, was maybe a middle to late round pick. I think he really worked himself in the top 100 with his ability to catch the ball. He measured in well. He has some great size. He's a tall target. And then Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin, I think. Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina, these fast catching tight ends, you're right. They, they can make plays, and it opens up another element of the offense. Both Ferguson from Wisconsin, likely from Coastal Carolina, measuring in above six foot four, adequate pass catchers and capable blockers. All right, let's uh, get into the trenches a little bit. Uh, we'll come back. Maybe I, I know there's no running back that's going to get taken in the first round, but there may be some depth there. Uh, just put that aside for a second. I want to jump in on the trenches because this kid Perry and Winfrey. 
I, I saw Oklahoma play a couple of times during the year. Um, I, I knew he was part of their uh, staunch defensive line. He looked like a game changer to me. And I know it's only one week, but uh, how does his game match up with the NFL? Did he just catch the right week to be? You don't see defensive linemen, interior defensive linemen, win the MVP of the senior bowl, but that's exactly what happened. How much were you impressed with Perry and Winfrey? I'll tell you what, it's the most impressive interior defensive lineman performance we've seen since Aaron Donald. Really. I mean, he came out, he saw, he conquered, he dominated. Again, the one-on-ones all week long, the scouts saw that, and then the fans saw it on game day because it carried over to the game. He had five tackles, three behind the line of scrimmage, two sacks, and he just won with, he won with a quick first step. He won with explosiveness. He converted speed to power. He was strong. He was tossing guys around all week long. I mean, Perry and Winfrey is really the real deal, and I have to imagine he's going to go in the top half of the first round. I want to ask you about a guy who I didn't think of as a first-round pick, but after watching him this past week at Senior Bowl, I said, yeah, he could absolutely be a first-rounder. And you're going to help me with the pronunciation of his name. Boye Mafi, yeah, the you got defensive it. end from Minnesota. Did I get it right? I, yeah. it, it, I, I stuck to uh, simplistics <laughs> there. I'm glad that that worked. Um, he opened my eyes. Got the quickness, got good hands, too, and he made a couple of, uh, I wouldn't call them game-changing, but eye-opening type plays. Uh, what kind of a position are you looking for him in the draft? Is he a first-rounder? If not, he can't be any less than a second-rounder, at least in my mind. How impressed were you with uh, Mafe this week? It's hard to imagine a scenario where he doesn't go in the first round after that with Jody. I mean, i got to be honest, this kid really opened up some eyes. He turned some heads. I think scouts came in here thinking that, like, hey, he's a day two kind of upside type of prospect. But he came in there. Not only did he hold his own, he, he, he dominated at times, really was unstoppable, unblockable during the one-on-one aspects. Again, another guy that just has – Real quick, uh, twitchy, explosiveness, bend off the edge. I think this is a uh, first-round draft uh, edge prospect. A lot of people are talking about Kayvon Thibodeau and, and, and Aiden Hutchinson, and deservingly so. I think Boye Mafe is right there behind them uh, when you're talking about the next best pass rusher in this year's draft. Right. And the kid from Florida State had a big week as well, who probably mm-hmm. moved him up, himself up mid-first round uh, for the former Georgia Bulldog. Yeah, you know, uh, Jermaine Johnson was a guy, I think, that was was a, another winner from this year's Senior Bowl, another first-round edge rusher. I think you're going to see a lot of edge rushers. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, defensive linemen. We mentioned uh, uh, Devontae Wyatt uh, from Georgia. Violent hands, power, another guy who won in the trenches. A lot of good defensive linemen this week in Mobile. Understood. All right, I do want to get one guy in the trenches on the other side. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, offensive lineman was selected by the Indianapolis Colts. I believe it was the fifth or sixth pick in the draft, Quentin Nelson. And everyone just screamed at the top of the line, you can't take an interior offensive lineman that high in the draft. And all Quentin Nelson has done is been the best interior offensive lineman since the day he came into the draft. And he dispersed with all those foolish and silly ideas. How good is Zion Johnson, the offensive guard from Boston College, I, I think it would be unfair to ca- compare anybody to Nelson, but at least for me, and you're better at this than me, but he's the best interior offensive lineman I've seen since Nelson. Am I overstating Johnson's game? No, he's really good. And, you know, the Boston College staff put him on my radar 
two or three years ago. I'm surprised he didn't come out last year, Jody. He was that good. And so the only knock on Deion Johnson is is the is the height really at six foot two and six eight inches. I think Quentin Nelson was around six foot four. Otherwise, they've got the same nasty demeanor in the trenches. Uh, they got that same stout anchor against the bull rush. I mean, Johnson was just stonewalling guys all week long. You talk about the fundamental technical aspect, the hand placement, the the, the body punch. Um, in fact, he actually took some some uh, reps at center this week, Jody, and he stayed he stayed late after every single practice, and showed the scouts his ability to long snap. So that was something he showed off different this week. He can play all three interior positions. So if you're concerned about the height, you can start him at guard. You can always kick him inside at center. But this is an instant plug and play starter at the next level. I think he did enough to justify a first round pick. Yeah, so do I. And, uh, oh, by the way, he's getting good advice. Teams in the NFL these days love offensive line flexibility. If you can play a couple of different positions, oh, that increases your value and will do so for Mr. Johnson. All right, so we got through your all-star game and the senior bowl. Next up is the combine. You've been doing this for a long time. You saw some guys actually move the needle this week with their performance. We touched on a couple of them. Um, the combine can certainly do that for players as well. Either way, move the needle up or move the needle down. Which do you think moves it more? Actually playing games with other players, granted not teammates and guys you played with all year, or the ability to show off those physical gifts and skills at the combine, which is the bigger needle mover, all-star games or combine? I think for me it's the all-star games because you really are getting the top-notch talent against the top-notch talent. And I think it goes a long ways for some of these small guys we spoke about, a guy like Eric Johnson from Northwest Missouri State or, you know, Gregory Jr. from Ochita Baptist. You get that apples-to-apples uh, comparison on the big stage with the one-on-ones. I think scouts love one-on-ones. The more one-on-ones we can see, the more we can see, you know, who, who the men are and who the boys are. And so, to me, the All-Star Games do it for me. With the combine, I'm just verifying. I want to verify what I saw on film. I want to verify any questions I might have. I want to know what those those measurements are. If they weren't at an all-star game, I want to know what that speed is if they are a small school prospect. But I think too many times teams can overreact. Going back to Mike, Mike Mamula, right? You overreact to the draft or to the combine. You can get burned that way. So I think the combine is more of a confirmation I think the all-star game process is more of a separation factor. Tell me if you had this conversation this week, and I'm just spitballing here, and maybe you didn't, but if you did, I'd love to hear about it, and I'd love to hear what both you and the person you're having the conversation said with. Uh, There's a player out there, and he's showing off, and you can see the skills, and you can see the physical gifts, but you also see something that may trouble you, that an aspect of his game might not translate from the collegiate level to the NFL, and what I'm thinking about most is pass coverage, that they are just so flag-happy in the NFL anymore. To be a, a, a shutdown corner or safety or whatever, defensive back is virtually an impossibility in the NFL anymore with the way they legislate the game. Was there a guy out there that someone said, God, if I can get my hands on him, I could coach him. I can clean him up. He could be a superstar. Right now, it's just going to be pass interference, pass interference, pass interference, because the guy is as physical as he is. 
was there a player like that this week who showed something that you would absolutely love to have, but you're not sure you're going to be able to get it out of him because of the way he plays the game? Yeah, you know, Sam, not necessarily a corner, but Sam Williams, I think, is a guy. He came into the NFL PA Bowl, and he was clearly a top 100 talent. But off the field, you know, he, he interviewed with every team out there because they wanted to know what they were getting off the field. And I think if, if the light bulb goes on for that kid and he can put it all together, uh, you know, I think he led the SEC with sacks, 12 and a half sacks this past year. Sam Williams is the guy that comes to mind. I'll give you another, you know, maybe – not exactly the, the the sample you're looking for, uh, okay. Jody. But a, a guy, you know, Jareth, this receiver, Jareth from uh, Western Kentucky, Jareth Stearns. Okay, he's five foot seven, right? All he did was get open all week long at the East West uh, uh, Shrine Bowl and Senior Bowl. Um, all he did was get open. All he did was create separation. Scouts are going to knock his size. I was talking to his agent. He, all he did was catch 150 balls, oh, by the way, this past year. One, 150 in 12 games? Yeah, I think it was an FBS record. And, and the scout told the agent, he said, hey, he's going to have to run a 4-4 to have a shot. And the agent said, that told me that scout doesn't deserve to be a scout. So, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. It surely is. I remember when Cooper Cup came out, he should have been drafted higher than he was. But again, uh, they didn't look at the numbers. They just said, oh, he doesn't run a 4-4-40. And all he did this year was have maybe the greatest wide receiver year in the history of the National Football League. Ricky, uh, great stuff. You know we'll be getting you on around the combine again and then plenty of times before the draft. If people want to catch your podcast on Sports Illustrated, how do they go about doing it? Yeah, NFLDraftBible.com. We have the all-access you can get access to all 500 scouting reports right now. And uh, say hello to Matt Mancharin and, and Wade Phillips. I know both of those guys, Jody. I'm looking forward to your next guest. Sounds good, my friend. Thank you much. That is Rick Saratella of NFL Draft Bible. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.